0: I'm Daniel Royston, and this is Telco in 20. When I kicked off this podcast almost two years ago, I wanted to claim a little corner of the podcast universe to explore how the telco industry is moving to the public cloud. The idea was to talk with hyperscalers, vendors, and even telco execs themselves about how they're redefining the way telco services are deployed. I called it Telco in 20 because it covers the next 20 years in telco, and each episode is about 20 minutes long. Today, the podcast is reaching new heights by welcoming DISH Wireless Executive Vice President and Chief Network Officer Mark Roanne. A year ago, he, along with DISH Chairman Charlie Ergen, announced that DISH was deploying a brand new Greenfield 5G network in the United States on AWS, and spending only $10 billion to do it. Almost immediately, everyone said, DISH is crazy. It'll never work. But just like Elon Musk on his mission to Mars, you know how much I love that guy, Charlie, Mark, and their team weren't afraid to be telco pioneers. DISH is embarking on the journey to make its vision a reality and are attempting to set a new standard for how networks operate. I'm so excited to have Mark on the podcast to talk about true cloud innovation in telco. For this recording, we headed west for an in-person video conversation at the Dish Headquarters in Littleton, Colorado. Make sure you watch the video on the Telco DR YouTube channel. Are you ready? I totally am. Let's take twenty. Mark Rowan is Chief Network Officer and EVP at Dish Wireless. Hi Mark, welcome to Telco and Twenty. Hello. I'm so excited to talk to you. I mean, when I put together the Telco in 20 podcast, which focuses on the next 20 years and what you're doing at DISH is exactly what I was thinking. I can't think of a better guest for our podcast. And so to start, I want to focus on your vision. DISH's approach with its 5G network and its work with AWS is going to change how networks are deployed in the future. You're taking new enabling technology, in this case, OpenRAN and AWS, and you're creating a new telco business model that makes what was formerly very complicated and super expensive. Now easier, faster, and less expensive. If successful, it will set the new standard in the industry on how to roll out networks. And so do you see DISH's network strategy as a totally innovative tech project that in 10 years will be saying, holy cow, DISH set the standard for the way networks are built? Because that's how I see this project.
1: Yeah, actually it goes well beyond DISH. I think we're lucky to be consuming technology now that is available to us and it's completely new in the telco environment. You mentioned it, it's the cloud, it's new types of software. You have to see that all the cloud guys have been investing very successfully for 15 years. Yeah. And for some reason the telco never really tapped into that and now all of a sudden we can. Yeah. And. It's almost unfair because all of a sudden we inherit 15 years of massive investment and capabilities. And the other thing that is coming to us, where again we're lucky, 5G was designed by the standardization people to be cloud native. So if you look deep into the 5G standards, you see everything for microservices, everything for data-centric networks, whereas 4G, 3G were never designed for, yeah. for the cloud. So it comes at the right time, and we're surfing on that. So, yeah, it's brand new and very different.
0: And I think you touched on something there that I think is very important. There hasn't been another industry that's invested as much CapEx as the hyperscalers. Usually it's always been Telco that's been the big CapEx people and now you're combining these two things together and you get to ride their investment as much as they're riding yours. So I think that's another great insight.
1: And the big investment they've made as an ecosystem is around silicon and mm. stacks, yeah. which the telco never really did, yep. right? So we were a bit starving in the telco from a, a lack of very advanced silicon and uh, software stacks. And all of a sudden now, this is coming to us. So yeah, yeah. it's a new and game. And so
0: there you're talking about Graviton like 2 and 3.
1: Oh, yeah, Graviton, but also Nvidia, Broadcom, Intel, yeah. Marvel. they all investing yeah. in ways that we've never seen before. Yeah. And this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's super awesome. And so DISH is the first time to really use AWS in this novel way. If you could wave a magic wand and change one thing of the AWS platform, what would it be?
1: So, I think I've said it a few times. We looked at all the cloud, and when we started with AWS, they were not telco ready. Yeah. Especially when it comes to networking, SLAs, all the different ways of transporting telcos. So, we've done a lot of work with them, and they are, Upgrading that platform for us, Mm -hmm. right, to be telco ready and telco grade. But suddenly, you know, if we had come when they were already telco grade, that would have been easier for us.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you're forging new ground and it's a learning path. And I think with that, there's going to be setbacks and delays. Things on paper look easier than when you actually do it. But I think when you look at the long arc of time, You guys will work through this and get to that telco-grade Yeah, but, you know,
1: it's true. There are a lot of things to do. But on the other hand, I've been a vendor for decades. And my technical work here is much easier than it was before. And the reason is that I was carrying so much luggage and complexity for pulling old stuff into the current deployments. It was a nightmare. Yeah. And I don't have that anymore. Yeah. You know, so, yes, there are new grounds, but everything we do is much simpler.
0: Right. Well software is much simpler, yeah. it moves much more quickly than hardware and so that's my next question. I'm a software girl and so we've seen a lot of vendors on the software side in Telco claim or say that they're cloud native. I mean you're actually trying to deploy it on the public cloud and so as you put together the software you need to deliver this kind of new network, what do you need from the software players to help you complete your vision?
1: So. Again, because we were starting new, we put very strong requirements on being cloud-native. And we told everyone, before we launch, which is now, you have to be cloud-native. And I was a bit skeptical. Yeah. But they did it. Yeah. And they did it faster than I expected. Now, we may see over time that we still have some bugs to correct yeah. our learnings, but I must say I've been impressed by all the software vendors. Because, again, the cloud market is mature. Mm -hmm. So for them it's easy to have engineers that understand cloud native. It's easy to understand what is a stateless machine, what are the CNI they need to use. Mm -hmm. All this is actually at scale. So they have done it pretty well. I think most of them understood that they had to rewrite their software, start from scratch and not try to carry over the old stuff. And that was a bit the debate we're having at the beginning, are they going to bring us the old stuff and make it look like cloud native? But I would say most of them didn't do that so they're fresh. Yeah.
0: Well, that's really hard for a software vendor because you have your legacy estate and your customers where they are, which Telco is mostly on-prem. Yeah. And then also developing the software that you need that's cloud-ready, not just, like you said, cloud-ported. That's a lot of investment. And so for the smaller vendors, they might struggle. Bigger vendors might be able to have the R&D capacity to pull that off. So yeah. that's interesting as you deal with that. That kind of brings me to cost. What do you see as the cost savings of building your network and IT systems on an AWS stack versus the old school approach of VMware and Oracle? Do you expect these truly cloud-native solutions to be 10%, 50%, 90% of the cost that you saw previously?
1: So I'll talk about price later. But yeah. first, the cost of running a software that is cloud-native, of upgrading a software, of maintaining it, is much cheaper than the cost of having legacy. Now. This is cost. Of course there is a tension of price. Yeah. yeah. You know, do you yeah. have people like AWS that have a price that is too high or that it's not what you want, or somebody else as an ISV. So there is a tension of procurement and customer. Yeah. But if you forget that, the baseline is much cheaper. Yeah. And it's cheaper not only in terms of the cost of what we buy, like you know, IT or computers, but also the OPEX that yeah. we have to put in is very different. Yeah. And then it's a play of the ecosystem. You know, who has the negotiating power and so Mm -hmm. forth? So Mm -hmm. far we've been in a good place because as a trendsetter, everybody's trying to to be a part of it. Yeah, (laughs) they want to be part of it. They've given us good deals. But of course we'll see how the market evolves. And, you know, there may be places where, for example, for very massive compute, we have to insource back into our own private uh, capabilities when the scale is there. So we're open to that as well. I mean, there is a tension that is going to be created between price and cost.
0: Right. I think that the price should be coming dramatically down. Again, speaking with my CEO Tatogi hat on, you know, just on charging versus on prem not having to pre provision the capacity and the failover. Absolutely. And being able to do that dynamically and elastically with AWS is huge. It just changes the economics for people. Software that previously was only available to the world's largest telcos now you can go a lot further down market to tier twos and tier threes and can now afford it and i think that's going to change the landscape in telco i'm super excited about and
1: it's also the investment cycle you can invest later when you have revenues and when you have traffic yeah and you make fewer mistakes because if you invest too early you are on the very early generation the bleeding edge of technology or silicon whereas we can just wait and take it when it's ready when it's ready yeah
0: Now switching a little bit to the enterprise market. AWS has become the dominant public cloud vendor and US IT companies inside those groups. But still we see telcos building their own private clouds with their proprietary APIs. Are you excited to compete with open APIs and an open stack versus your competitors that are still walking in with a private cloud and proprietary APIs?
1: Yeah, I have a very simple principle. I always want to publish our APIs and capabilities, and the more of our competitors that adopt it, the bigger the mass market, the better the economics for everyone. So I want everybody to join open APIs. I want everybody to publish, and I will continue to publish everything we do because again, you want to belong to the mass market.
0: Yeah, well I think the interesting thing here is enterprises, right? Your customers have already selected AWS. It is 50% market share, probably in the United States, it's pretty strong. And so when those teams are comfortable with AWS and already using it, I think since you're coming to the table with open apis and aws it just makes that work so much more easily Absolutely. and they don't have to learn everyone's different network and your apis are published and again those it people they just want to use something that's easy to use if i'm your vp of enterprise sales i'm like give me aws twice on sunday this is amazing
1: yeah yeah i think you mentioned it it's all about developers and the ease of consumption. So yeah, if there is a big developer ecosystem, we're going to adopt everything out
0: there. Right. I mean, they're just going yeah. to eat that up. Published doc, right? They just want to start coding yeah. and start using, and they don't Absolutely. want they don't want the hassle. All right. So now switching a little bit to competition, the other disruptors we're seeing in telco are the cable guys. Their advantage in the market is their cable plant, their in ground cables already. And so when you think about your strength that you're bringing to the table with AWS's capex and infrastructure. Is that helping you as much as the in-ground cables are helping the cable guys?
1: Yeah, so we have a number of assets. First, we have the spectrum, right? So the spectrum allows you to have access to mobility and devices and data. It's a game about data. You need to have access to data and then you're smart. But yes, the fact that we can go through AWS, its ecosystem of developers, of millions of developers, but also the print of all the data centers they have in the U.S. is a big asset for us in terms of SLA, redundancy, reliability, scalability. So we're leveraging that. I mean, at this, you know, we like to do the things where we can differentiate, so SLAs, uh, software, but we never duplicate what people are better at, so cloud providers are good at cloud, we consume that.
0: Well, I think a really good example is one and one in Germany is also building a new 5G network, but they're building all their data centers. They plan to build at least four major data centers and then all these micro data centers, and so I think what's really interesting, what you said, you get to ride on the coattails of the most dominant yeah. public cloud vendor. And I think that's a huge advantage for you guys.
1: You know, and any over time, we're very successful, we have a lot of traffic. We will measure the need to insource some of that yep. our own compute, Balance it. but yeah. right now there is no need for that. We're much faster using the cloud the way it is. Yeah,
0: oh, it's great, it's awesome. Now sort of pivoting, and speaking of competition, I hear that you're big time into sailing. I've read that in your spare time, you're working on AI technology to give insights to teams during races. And so I have to ask, are you using the public cloud for that? Please say yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And again, it's all about data. Yeah. And uh, once you have the right data, you sell much faster. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same story, same fun.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome. Well, Mark, this is such an amazing conversation. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you. Awesome. Stick around because we're ending each podcast with a Telco in 20 takeaway. I have 20 seconds to tell you something you need to know. Disruptive innovation takes time. And keeping up with new emerging technology comes with risk. Deciding to reinvent the way you build a wireless network can take up to a decade to prove out. If you're right, it's a huge win. If you're wrong, whoa, Nelly. And those who stood on the sidelines to watch won't have time to pivot once the new way becomes the de facto standard, leaving them scrambling to catch up. It's a tough call. It kind of reminds me of the mini computer market that got destroyed by the rollout of enterprise grade personal computers back in the early 90s. Systems that used to cost enterprises $50,000 were replaced by systems from Microsoft and IBM that cost $2,000. Companies like DEC and Silicon Graphics couldn't pivot in time and couldn't compete. And now those companies no longer exist. My advice, don't be caught in the old way of thinking, paralyzed by your belief that a new way can't or won't work. Are we seeing innovation that big with Dish's most advanced cloud-native 5G Open RAN network? I think so. Just like I told Mark Roanne, I think Dish's approach will set the standard for the way networks are built in telco. I've been a supporter of this idea from the get-go. A year ago, I did an interview with Telecom TV's Ray LaMetra on why I thought the Dish deal with AWS would be a telco cloud game changer. Catch that video on my Telco DR YouTube channel, then head on over to my website at telcodr.com and subscribe to my totally awesome newsletter. If you want to hear more of my thoughts about how I think Dish is going to be a huge winner in telco, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Telco DR, and let's connect on LinkedIn. You can also give me a call or WhatsApp me at 925 telco And of course, if you love this podcast, and how could you not, we just talked to Mark Rowan, then share it with your colleagues and your friends. Signing off from the Dish Studios in Littleton, Colorado. Later, nerds.